Hi, and welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we tell you about the rise and fall of a celebrity. I'm your host, Jose. Joining me is my co-host and former best friend, Katrina Rochelle. <laughs> Thank you. So, Katrina, what do you have in store for us today? Well, 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 I have a story for you guys. But before we get started, uh, and I forget, let's talk about my sources. I would just like to thank Grazia Magazine and People.com especially. That is where I got most of my information. Followed by Billboard.com, The Washington Post, CNN, The Guardian, and Daily Beast. They all helped me out with this. So let's go. Ooh, look at you, multiple sources and not Wikipedia. I tell you, I try my best. <laughs> <laughs> so, on up. I know, right? Because <laughs> back in the day, Wikipedia was my bitch. <laughs> you know, high school, college, it couldn't stop. Is your man on the flow? If he ain't, let me know. Let me see if you can run it, run it. Girl, indeed, I can run it, run it. The year is 2005 and these now iconic lines were sung by a young new singer, Chris Maurice Brown. Oh, you know, I feel like this one has been coming. We've, we've, we've talked about it. We've dibbled and dallied. We've picked him up before and we just always place him back down. Yes, yes. And after having a slight episode identity crisis of not really knowing what I wanted to talk about this week and switching it up, I just decide, let's let's talk about Chris Breezy. Let's talk about him. Chris Brown was born in Tappahannock, Virginia. Shout out to Kiss Kiss for teaching me how to pronounce that city, town, to parents Joyce Hawkins and Clinton Brown. Chris was discovered... Some say at his father's gas station. Some just say that he was discovered in New York. But the point is that Chris was discovered. He learned how to dance at a very young age. He sung and performed for his family and even rapped occasionally. So at 13 years old, uh, Chris was officially discovered and signed to Jive Records. Shortly after Chris was discovered, he did leave school early to work on his debut album, that was self-titled Chris Brown. And when that album was released, it did reach number two on the Billboard 200. Now, Chris Brown went from a relative unknown, very young singer to a worldwide teen heartthrob. Now, Chris Brown was on a tear. The singles that got released just kept topping each other more and more popular. You had Run It, you had Yo, you had Gimme That, Say Goodbye. And you even had sleepers that weren't even singles that I heard in the school, like, your man ain't me and poppin'. And you said how old was he at this time? He's 16. He, he 15 when he first started on the album, 16 when it's released. And I think I said this on this podcast before, talking about something, but I thought he was a woman when I first heard Run It. I thought it was a woman singing. <laughs> you, you did? I don't remember, but that's I it. don't know if I did mention it, but yeah. It's your man on the floor. <laughs> like, I thought, like, there was a woman, like, a woman's anthem, like, you know, if he's not on the floor, let me know, girls, I'll, I'll go show him. Oh, I was about to say, it was the first gay anthem, hey! No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, he he definitely had that, like, pre-pubescent voice. Oh, yeah, and he kind of grew into it. I remember, side note, this, I remember when Justin Bieber got famous, that was like, oh my god, that dominated the news for a while, like, he's getting older, he just had his first voice crack. What's going to happen? Is he still going to be a good singer? What's going to happen? 
Like, okay, yeah. All you gotta do is go to a vocal coach. This motherfucker's a millionaire. He'll be fine. One day we'll have to look at the how the media looks at these children's stars. It's kind of sick. <laughs> Bruh, a lot of things that they be doing around these child actors, singers, and everything are sick. If you think about it, just like <laughs> not to go off on a tangent, but just thinking about talking about how their relationships and if they've lost their virginity and it's like yes. these are 16 year olds and you're like that yes. concerned like i get it it sells and they're selling to a teenage audience but you have old ass people talking about it it's hilarious like people your age yeah people your age and older shut the fuck up <laughs> did you just shade me <laughs> No. Did you say that people are asking these kids questions are my age and older? Yeah, like your age and like the older generation. Jose, stop acting like you ain't 10 years older than me. I'm not. <laughs> God damn. And then that, that flew by me. I can't believe you. You know what? No more tangents for you. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay, let's <laughs> let's keep it moving. So then in 2007. This train ain't stopping. Chris releases his sophomore album exclusive. Now, even though this wasn't as big of a debut as Chris Brown, his first album, and didn't sell as much, it still did great. It still had a lot of popular hits. It debuted at number four on the day uh, on the Billboard 200, and it gave us hits like "Kiss Kiss," "Take You Down With You," "Wall to Wall," and another single. So, to talk more about that other single. Things are going great for Chris. He is releasing great music. He's getting recognized for being so multifaceted with his talents, you know, being able to rap, sing, and uh, dance great. He's even being uh, lightly compared to Michael Jackson during this time, and the deals are coming in. in Oh, sorry. Before we move on so fast, it just popped in my head, and I got to say it. Erica... Mina, I think is her name is. Mina? Erica Mina, yeah. Who was in the Run It video? She was in the Yo. In the Yo me. video. Yes. She was yes. in one of the music videos. All I can remember is Chris Brown saying her breath stinks. <laughs> he said that? Yeah. Yeah. It always ruined the video for me because I always like smelled it. <laughs> All I can. He said her breath stuck. I, I, I don't know if he said it. I know it was a rumor. Allegedly. All I can think about is the car scene. Yes. I want to be. He just turned out of her face. Maybe that's when he smelled her breath. And then he slid out that car. I Bro, just, yeah. Why did you do that to me? I, that's one of my favorites, actually. <laughs> I just remember that. Ain't nothing wrong with dancing. Your breath smells like shit. <laughs> and that is alleged. Alleged. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to marry uh, Erica Mena and her breath coming after us. <laughs> okay, continue. So, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, he's being uh, recognized for his great talents compared to Michael Jackson, who is not dead at this point and the deals are coming in for instance wrigley had a deal with chris brown and they intended to use his song forever for their double mint commercial even doing so uh purposely like they like he did a like a 30 to an hour recording session writing the song and then recording it specifically for wrigley and double mint 
And then that ended up being packaged as a single for his re-release of the exclusive, The Forever Edition. And Forever was the fifth single. And do you remember that commercial? Double your pleasure, double your fun. You remember that? I don't think so. Um, I, I do remember Chris Brown was everywhere, though. Everyone loved him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember the I remember him being everywhere, you know. I don't think I was I'm trying to think, was I obsessed with boy bands and men singers? I think I played to the crowd. I liked them, but I wasn't as obsessed as some of the other girls were. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh like I said. Forever is released as a fifth single, as well as it doubles as the double mint uh, jingle for Chris Brown's involvement, where there were some uh, commercials circulating for a time before what we're about to talk about even happens. In the background of all the success that I have been talking about for Chris Brown, Chris is also experiencing some personal success and happiness in a relationship with pop star Rihanna. They ended up dating around 2007, forming a young Hollywood power couple. But unfortunately, since they went public, that does not, oh, they went public a few months ago before this incident in 2009, it does not stay that way. Things end up going left. And 2009, they're about how old? I, first of all, why do you think I didn't write that in there? I'm just asking, I'm trying. Yeah, I was going to come to it eventually organically, but they are 19 and 20. 19 being Chris, 20 being Rihanna. Okay. Adults now. You had adults. Yes, you could say that. In 2009, February the 8th is the night before the Grammys, the biggest night for music. And both Chris Brown and Rihanna are scheduled to perform. They are 19 and 20 years old, respective, respectively, at this time. But... Uh, them performing at the Grammys would not happen. Instead, things would take a very unexpected, violent turn. In the years past, since this event has occurred, the story has been told a few different ways depending on who is telling it and the year that it is being told. But to just give a full picture, I am going to be telling it through 2009, the police report, okay? So I got this from uh, Grazia Magazine. They had a link to the police report. Everything that I am stating came from that. I will be limiting some of the things for brevity, but I will be saying most of what uh, was written there. Okay. And this is uh, to also warn you, uh, this is a trigger warning because we are going to get into some very violent behavior. Ooh. So Chris and Rihanna are leaving apparently some party or event in Los Angeles the day before the Grammys. And while Chris is driving, Rihanna uh, picks up Chris's phone and sees a, me a message from a woman he has previously had uh, sexual relations with. And Rihanna and Chris start arguing. During this argument, Chris pulls over to start to push Rihanna out of the car, but he cannot push her out because she has her seatbelt on. He then proceeds to push her head against the passenger door. And then when Rihanna turns to Chris, he punches her in her left eye with his right hand and then pulls back onto the street, driving, continue to, uh, continuing to assault Rihanna in the car, punching her in her arms. Oh, as he's driving? Yeah, as he's driving. Very dangerous. During this, Rihanna uh, had 
tried to call two of her assistants. The first one didn't pick up. And I think the second one didn't pick up either. But as she's hearing the greeting for the voicemail, she pretends that she is talking to somebody. She says, uh, I'm on my way home. Just make sure the cops are there. I'm guessing so she can just let Chris know that, you know, I'm involved in the cops. Don't like in a stall tactic, basically. And, yeah. Uh, to make sure that it, it seems like she has somebody on the phone. I, I wonder, though, if she's fearing for her life, like someone knows where I'm at. Oh, I, I think so. Me. I think yeah. so. Um, because some of the, th- I, I didn't, I didn't say the quotes. I left the quotes out, but some of the quotes that Chris says that are in this police report is, uh, I'm going to beat the shit out of you when we get home. You wait and see when she pretends that uh, she's on the phone with somebody and tells them to make sure the police is there. Uh, he was quoted as saying, you just did the stupidest thing ever. Now I'm really going to kill you. So I definitely think that besides her saying it uh, later in the report of her being in fear of her life, I think she was very much in survival mode. That's so scary. And I just know that it wasn't the first time. It probably wasn't the biggest, like, yeah, it wasn't as bad as this, but it probably there probably had to be a red flag or two of maybe him having anger issues. Because this, this went to zero to 60. Yeah. She pretended that she had somebody. She said, make sure the cops are there. He gets mad and angry and ends up snatching the phone out of her hand and throwing it out of the window somewhere, it landing somewhere on an unidentified street. While Chris is driving, Rihanna sees Chris's phone on his lap and tries to get it off his lap uh, when he, to restrain her, puts her in a headlock with his uh, right hand while continuing to drive and swerve. Uh, Rihanna says, Rihanna uh, was quoted as saying that she can remember the car swerving uh, back and forth. And he also bites her ear. Sorry. That's one of the big things that I remember hearing when this came out was he put her in her headlock and he bit her. Mm -hmm. It's not the last time either. Oh, Soon he pulls over again and Rihanna ends up taking the keys out of the ignition and sits on them. Apparently, Chris does not see her movement because he is confused about where she put the keys and starts punching her in her arms and legs, puts her in another headlock, making her uh, start to lose consciousness. So, so as she sees that she's tr- she's starting to black out or lose consciousness, she tries to use her fingers to gouge Chris's eyes out and he ends up biting two of her fingers and pushing her off. Oh my goodness. That oh so that's then, just not so painful. This is the finger biting, like you know, they always say, I don't know if it's true, but they say like you can you bite can't. off of that's not true. Oh no, no, no. I, I thought you were gonna say something else. No. Just continue. Like how they say like you can bite off your own fingers, like the only thing that's stopping you is like your mind, like you can like you can chomp through the bone. Probably. I'm not trying like, to investigate that shit either. Yeah, that's ugh, that just gets me. Biting up the fingers. Yeah. So she tries to gouge out his eyes and he bites two of her fingers and pushes her off. Then she starts to scream for help. And as this part is happening, he has pulled over, like I said before. So she starts screaming for help in whatever neighborhood they are. Chris ends up leaving the vehicle and just walks away. A nearby neighbor ends up hearing Rihanna's pleas for help. 
and uh, the police and calls the police. And then, you know, everything that happens happens. You know, the police come and get her. She takes her statement. They take the picture, so on and so forth. Now, that should have been the end all, be all, you know, whatever was going to happen would have happened in private. Maybe we would have been told later. Maybe it never would have been released. Who knows? But there is a police department leak. And very soon TMZ receives Rihanna's picture of her bruised and swollen face from the altercation involving Chris Brown the day before the Grammys. The public backlash was fast and swift. And you said it was the day before the Grammys? This happened literally the day before the Grammys. They are scheduled to perform. They've been public for a little bit. You know, they're the the, the young it couple. And the day before, all hell breaks fucking loose. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I. it's so crazy hearing this story because just, like, certain things that you're saying, just in how people retell the story, it's been different or retold differently now, mm-hmm. like, over the years. And this is straight from the police report. And uh-huh. some people probably would say, like, well, this ain't saying Chris's side of the story. Chris's side of the story tells me everything that needs to be said. This man left the vehicle and walked away and had to later surrender himself. And I remember seeing that photo of Rihanna's bruised face. It it was very shocking and horrific to see. Not just because, you know, there are two of the biggest stars at this time, but just to see an actual case of, like, domestic violence happen right there and you're just, oh, my God, it happened to Rihanna. Like, it's almost unbelievable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, we were we were in 14, eighth grade 15. when this. Yeah, we were in eighth grade when this happened. No, we were in high school. It was our freshman year. Uh, and I remember because, you know, you had dizzy bitches saying, oh, I still love Chris Brown. And it's like, bitch, you're a fucking teenager. Shut the fuck up and read a book. But then you had adults saying that, and it's like, well, this is how you know that R. Kelly. And, and here, here, before I even finish, I say, let me let me say that, even though Chris Brown has been embroiled in controversy, I do not view him the same as R. Kelly. But with the people who I saw, both young uh, kids, teenagers, and adults, still vying for Chris Brown uh, publicly after very much like right after the fucking um, domestic abuse situation just tells me that the culture that R. Kelly created and lived in, of course, this, this uh, it lives on. Yeah. Like blind devotion. It, yeah. I mean, you have those fans that are going to defend him, but just those people that are going to say she must have done something. She's- and that killed me. Yeah, she should have gone through his phone. She hit him first. And even if she did hit him first, like the amount that he hit her. And I don't It's. Is there any pictures of Chris Brown after this? No, because he walked away and left. He had no marks on him. Just seeing that that photo is enough for me. Yeah, the, the only thing that I left out that maybe like supports, besides the whole her trying to gouge out his eyes, was like at one point to like keep her away. I mean, to keep him away, she did put her back against the passenger door and start to kick him. But it's like, bro, at, when you're being punched and put in a headlock, she's not doing any damage. 
people who do that whole victim blame, like, yeah, she shouldn't have picked up her phone. It just tells me that you will excuse anything. You don't have any boundaries. You will always play devil's advocate and you will always have a but when there's literally sometimes just not needed. I guess it's in the news again, just because of a certain celebrity who said stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen a bunch of comments recently on Twitter, which the, where they were saying, you know, Chris Brown was 17 and Chris, that. No. Yeah, that's why, like, hearing this, I'm like, what? Like, it's, which I don't remember. I didn't, like, anytime I see any tweet defending him, like, whatever, or tweets that were saying, one that really got me was, what you guys have to understand is it wasn't domestic violence, it was a fight, and there's a difference. Like, it said something like that. I was like, oh, okay, we're going with that narrative. No, but that is not, (laughs) there was not a fight. Just like people today that are still defending him, and I I guess it's people who've been defending him this whole time, people Mm -hmm. who love them some Sea Breezy. Sea Breezy, I'm telling you. Uh, With the public backlash happening at this uh, point, companies are dropping out, uh, disassociating themselves from Chris Brown. You have some industry peers and some fans distancing themselves from Chris as well, saying they will not support him. They do not condone what he did, as well as you have some industry peers and a lot of fans seemingly still embracing Chris Brown, saying it was a mistake that he is young and that we don't know the full story. Because at this point, we, we didn't, but still, that's crazy to say, that people shouldn't be so quick to leave him out in the cold. In March 2009, Chris Brown ended up pleading guilty to felony assault. Um, he ended up, his lawyer ended up putting his plea deal in like very last minute. It was to apparently avoid any jail slash prison time. And the result of that, his sentence was that he was X amount of community service hours, serve up to five years of supervised probation and six Oh, yeah, the six months of community labor, it ended up being so, so many sorts of hours. Five years of supervised probation and a stay away order from Rihanna. So basically, it was like a pair. Um, Chris is supposed to stay away from Rihanna at least 50 yards from her. The distance is reduced to 10 yards when it comes to industry events. They said it was a stay away order for the pair because the judge did say to Rihanna, who was in the court, when Chris Brown put in his plea that you will be in violation if you decide to come up to Chris as well. Which is a common thing, isn't it? Yeah. So this tragic, abusive incident has forever plagued both Rihanna and Chris's career. Of course, it has impacted Chris far more, but it is also still something that is a part of Rihanna's history and her trauma, and she had to move on from it eventually as well. I remember when this was happening, it was so big. It was all over the news. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I really remember happening, which I left out of my Tyra Banks episode, was when she like teamed up with Oprah to have a conversation about it. Oh, the one that happened like in 2012, 2011, one of those years. She's like showed Oprah like her home in Barbados and all that. No, Tyra and Oprah. Do you remember they like teamed up together to do like a domestic violence episode? Oh, you had me thrown off. No. <laughs> Let me look this up. Don't tell me something part of history I gotta find out about. 
Because I remember Chris Brown went on the Tyra Bane show and he was talking to her about when he was a child. The abuse witnessing, Yeah, witnessing abuse and he used to wet the bed and because he was so afraid to get up at night to their restroom because of the violence in his home. And so Tyra like had this, I don't even remember what she was talking to Oprah about, but I remember like sitting around domestic violence and they were talking about the situation. Mm -hmm. I see screen grabs. So I know what happened. It did happen. Okay. It's almost like a fever dream because I was like, did that happen? But yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, I at that time, two of the biggest people, two of the biggest talk shows to come together and like, talk about it it was like a very huge thing that i i feel like that's why a lot of people have not moved on from that view of chris brown is an abuser and i don't know where the rest of the story goes but i feel like he will always carry that title because it everyone was talking about it like for so long mm -hmm. i think and we'll and like you said we'll get more into his story and some of his history because the overarching theme about this episode is not just to detail you know Chris Brown's misgivings but it's something I saw on Twitter like uh, a couple weeks ago or last week honestly in between last week and a couple weeks ago is that mm -hmm. people kept saying like Chris Brown should be forgiven hasn't Chris Brown paid enough for his crimes. Uh, Chris was so young when he did those things. Why do people not give him another chance? And so one of the reasons, and like I told Jose at the start of this episode, I did kind of put this episode together last minute because I was indecisive about what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring forth not all of his things because, I mean, no offense, he's he's had some shit going on, you know, minor, major, all types of stuff. But to give a more complete picture of what he has done and what he's been accused of what he uh has been sentenced of what he has put out and does that show a complete picture of him being a changed man him living in a pattern or you know what because everybody is like, you know, we should forgive and forget. We should give him another chance. Does he? Are we not saying that he's not having a chance now? Are we saying he's blackballed? Uh, who knows? So I just wanted to paint a picture, and then people can decide at the end of the day how you feel about it once I tell you these things. Yeah, I think it's a very timely episode right now just because Kelly Rowland, that's the celebrity who mm -hmm. I believe kicked all this up again when she accepted that award for him and she... I forget what she said, but like they try to like play her off with the music, and she said, "We're hold up. We're not gonna do that. We're going to yeah. give him the honor he deserves, or something." Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I failed to mention, but a, a, a soon after the incident, you know, Chris Brown did go on CNN, uh, Larry King Live with his mother, and have a talk about. The incident that happened and the fact that you know some of this is from you know like he like you said growing up in an abusive household and that that's not the person that he is and that he just a lot of issues and stuff that he didn't know were issues until they came out in this way i it wasn't really that important in the overall thing because mo i mean no offense most people after a big scandal go to a talk show and talk about it i think it was just interesting that he had been out there talking about his mom being abused. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was a PR move or not, but to go on 
CNN and have his mom, who's a domestic violence survivor, on there with him. Like I think it's both. You yeah. want to support, but you also you you got to feed the the narrative. Yeah, like she's standing by him. Everyone else needs to. He's it's a mm-hmm. cycle of abuse, and I get all that. But let's see where let's see where this trail's leading us. This has plagued his career ever since. But unfortunately, this would not be the last time he gets in trouble. Above all else, Chris has been an entertainer uh, since he's been on the scene. So now it was back to creating music. So at the end of 2009, um, in December, he releases his third album, Graffiti. Does still get a couple of hits slash singles out of it with I Can Transform You, Crawl, and Take My Time. And it debuted around, uh, it debuted at number seven on the Billboard 200. It wasn't as successful as the other two, but he still has his devoted and dedicated fan base. So as he continues to like grind out the music and crank it out, they, his devotees kept buying it. They kept listening to it. So just kept on going. The fourth album, Fame, which stood, which was the acronym, uh, depending on, uh, what interview you watch it uh fame stood for forgiving all my enemies or also it stood for fans are my everything this is chris's fourth album it's released in 2011 it gives him his first ever album album debut at number one on the billboard 200 and even in the following year he gets a grammy for the best r&b album and yeah, some- so i don't really think his career was that affected by it ever really the thing is, is that when people say this, I think they're mainly talking about mainstream success. I think these stars and their peers, when shit like this happens and they still are able to like be successful in the industry and have fans and stuff, but they say that like they're not given chances or people don't pay attention or they don't get those opportunities. I think what they're mainly talking about is like the big, huge companies, the mainstream media. They want to go back to how they want to go back to what their position was before the scandal. And the problem with that is that because these companies, these brands and people like us have our own free will and can decide what we want to consume or want to invest in, they don't have to. So it's like you want the Wrigley money, but you're still getting fucking. Okay, let's you want Pepsi money, but you're still getting Fago money. And Fagos are fucking everywhere. Yeah, it's... <sighs> no. like he's... On, he wants to be on... He's on Judge Judy. No, no. He's yeah, on that one's better court. than Judy. <laughs> don't, don't even go there. He's on He's on Christina or Judge Joe Brown. He want to be on Judge Judy, but it's like you're still making money. Okay. You still have fans. It's just like, bro, you, you can't go back to the way it was and people don't have to give you that chance. And he's not even, he's not, I don't think he's being blackballed, but that's me personally. I honestly think some of his biggest songs and I'm not a Chris Brown fan by any means. I think I like one song. <clears throat> came his, out after. Yeah. It came out after. And he did change up his style. I guess somewhat. He became, yes, he came a lot more R and B and hip hop. Yeah. Say. He yeah. fluctuated though. Yeah. And he's, you know, got more tattoos, but I feel like that's also part of just him growing. Mm-hmm. I think I think people saw a change in him that they either were not comfortable with or they did like, so they either flocked to it or or, or avoided it. 
meaning the whole him starting to like after 2009 him start to get more tattoos him start to dye his hair and stuff like that and you know he ended up losing and gaining people with that as well as the music but like you said like uh after 2009 and 10 even though his sound changes he's still getting some success he's still getting radio play yeah i that's it. That's why it's just like how it shocks me where people are like, he's with blackballs. Like, no, we can show you blackballed people, and it's not Chris Brown. Yeah, like, tangent. People are saying the baby has been blackballed. I want somebody to look me in my goddamn eyes and tell me that the Sneaky Leak song was good or that Boogeyman song was good. Neither one of them songs was good. He ain't being blackballed. The, mu- the, the music is shit. People talk about his freestyles. Freestyle ain't no single. It ain't no album. I don't give a fuck about no freestyle. And I ain't gonna listen to it either. Fuck him. Yeah. Tired of the baby. He's acting like a goddamn baby. Acting like it. You're you're rich. Go on and make some better music and stop complaining on Instagram. And getting everybody and your friends to say you've been blackballed. Why don't you crawl in a blackball? Anyway. <laughs> uh, so from the Fame album, some of his more notable singles are deuces look at me now yeah three times which why how do they say that is it yeah 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 three times i haven't listened to that song so i don't know how it goes beautiful people and a few others now even though he did receive the number one album this year in 2011 he still would find some trouble so later in the month of march chris did go on good morning america to promote his album he went to uh promote the singles the album sing a couple songs and give a small interview with robin roberts now two years previous chris did give an exclusive interview with robin roberts in his home in virginia talking about everything that happened with rihanna and how he was moving on making new music and such so I think that was one of the biggest reasons why Robin Roberts was the person who was interviewing him now. So during the interview, Robin brings up some small things um, about uh, the 2009 incident. She asks him, have you and Rihanna, have, have you seen each other? Have you been at the same industry events? Um, what has he been like focusing on to stay away from all the negative energy uh what does his title mean fame like what does forgiving all my enemies mean and chris in his answers at first is kind of you know diplomatic and then he starts uh adamantly and not in i will say in the interview it's not aggressive you could just tell he is slightly irritated and he doesn't want to talk about anything else so he is adamant in steering the conversation uh, in his answers to say that he's focusing on the album. He wants people to buy the album, focus on the album and not all the stuff he's talked about and moved on, uh, years ago. Yeah. So after the interview and the performance, because after the interview with Robin, uh, they take the chairs off the set, he performs. So after that happens, it said that Chris was very upset, charged through the backstage they said he confronted some people, but I didn't see that. I just heard that the staff was shook up about his like actions and his anger. Going backstage, he threw a chair in the dressing room at, that uh, was at a glass window. Uh, I remember the chair. It. Yeah, there's pictures of the, the 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 glass window being cracked. 
very much cracked in several places. They said even some shards were down on the street. Um, he threw a cooler. Uh, he stormed, uh, They called security, but apparently before security could get him, he and his entourage stormed out the building. And I was just thinking, after reading that, after watching the interview, I was just like, why'd you do the fucking interview? Like... You could have just performed. Is, yeah, he's fucking unhinged. Because why do that? Why? You know it's the out there. <laughs> like, they're... A hundred percent. There's no reason for them to keep that to themselves. And to have that much anger that you have to do that right then and there. You have to destroy what you're, where you're at. You like, can't, like, leave this environment and go somewhere. Like, you can't hold yourself together. No. As well as maybe understand that this is just something that you're going to have to deal with, unfortunately. And what year was this? This is in 2011. So I get it's like two-ish years from the incident that happened with Rihanna. But if this is one of his first like real big interviews coming past Rihanna... Yeah, because nobody, you got to think about it. He came out with graffiti the that same year, but in December, nobody was probably really checking for him. He did do a couple interviews, but he wasn't really promoting. This is two years later, his number one album, and he's getting the chance to actually promote it. But you haven't done any like big interviews. Of course, they're going to ask you. Yeah, like how was he not prepped for that? Did maybe, I mean, just giving him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he had something that said... Don't ask me questions about Rihanna. They asked anyways, and he got mad. But still, well, they should have. He, he should have known it was coming. Yeah, he should have known it was coming, and he should have handled it better. I agree. So to answer your question, um, or or to give you some answers, the next day he is on a BET's 106 and Park, and he ends up apologizing for the whole incident because, of course, that was worldwide news as well. I mean, the man who uh, beat up Rihanna is now throwing chairs and breaking glasses. Of course, they were going to write something about it. For some of us, blackballed, he sure did a lot of TV spots. You so so on BET's 106 and Park, he was saying, you know. Uh, I apologize to all the, the the backstage workers and everybody back there because, you know, I know I scared them and I didn't want to act like that. And I was disappointed in the way that I did act. And But he, he, you know, came up with some excuses in the back talking about how he was caught off guard in the interview about the questions because him and his team sent out talking points and said, we, we want to be all about positivity and talking about the album. And Chris says that he feels like GMA uh, accepted his talking points to get him on there and say what they wanted. And um, that he kept his composure through the interview and the performance. But once he was backstage, he wanted to release that anger, you know, that tension. But he he wanted to, like, be isolated. Like, he said he didn't want to include anybody or involve anybody. Shortly after this explanation... GMA had a little bot talking about it, as well as ABC News released a statement. So GMA anchors talked about it. That include Robin Roberts, where she's like, well, you know, we're going to move past it and everything. But, you know, I did talk with him before the camera started rolling and told him, like, this is kind of where the conversation is going. So he, he kind of did know that. And uh, ABC News uh, statement was quoted as saying, Chris Brown was invited on GMA 
to perform and to be interviewed. There were no talking points offered. So it's like, who's lying? Also, it's like, could GMA be lying? ABC News be lying? Possibly. Sure. Could Chris Brown be also lying to cover his ass because he needs an excuse for throwing a big ass tantrum and scaring people as well? Yes, they both could be covering their asses. Um, And the thing is, is that because some of the uh, another male anchor, I didn't get his name because I don't care about GMA or today or any of those people. I don't know their faces. Like I know some notable faces, but that is. It, but he was saying something like a trade secret, like sometimes we talk about things, we talk about what the conversation could head towards and some of the things that could be brought up, but we don't ever share uh, talking points with celebrities and celebrities don't like give us like stuff like that. And I was like, I think that's a little lie. That's that. I mean, I know some people definitely do. You can't just all be having airy, fluid conversation with these celebrities. Some oh, celebrities yeah. I know are giving you strict talking points, and I know you're giving talking points to people. But yeah, I'm sure some of them do have like a funny story. Like, ask me if I've ever been on a vacation somewhere, and you know, I have a funny story about mm-hmm. it or something stupid. Because, and I think that's why ABC News's statement was so short. Like, they didn't say we don't do talking points or nothing. They were just saying he was invited to perform and be interviewed, but there were no talking points offered. Just cut clear. Just no no need to sugarcoat. I mean, even if they said we won't mention Rihanna's name, him going in there, him going in there, he should have known something was coming up. Like, what, did you really think nobody was gonna say something? I don't know. I just I don't I don't think I just can't believe he was living in that much of a fairy tale where he thought two years was good enough to not be questioned on that. Even the people who they don't they we we can't stand. Of who we feel like get grace still get asked a couple questions about uh-huh. and it was uh funny i forgot to mention this but i'm gonna mention this too before the bt explanation uh the day he did the good morning america interview and stormed out he did tweet he said he was on twitter he said i'm so over people bringing this past shit up Yet we praise Charlie Sheen and other celebrities for their bullshit. And I only wanted to mention that because I'm like, boy, I fucking hate Charlie Sheen. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking hate Charlie Sheen. I can't stand Charlie Sheen. And I do agree with him that they gave Charlie Sheen too many goddamn passes. But that was the only thing I agree with Chris with. (laughs) (laughs) So I just felt like I had to mention that. Uh, in June 2012, a month before, oh, well, first of all, let me say before I go into this, that pretty much smooth sailing, you know, after the GMA interview, nothing came up until June 2012, a month before the release of his fifth album, Fortune, Chris Drake and uh, randomly Tony Parker's fucking uh, cheating ass, who, if you don't know, is a, a basketball player former basketball player. Uh, all three of those stars and their entourages were uh, apparently at a nightclub. Chris supposedly sent a bottle of champagne to Drake, I guess as a peace offering or instigation. I honestly don't know. Uh, and uh, Drake supposedly sent it back. So things started to escalate as after Drake re- rejected the bottle that was sent to his way, you know, glasses started to be thrown between the two parties across the nightclub, bottles. There was even a picture of that famous picture of uh, Chris Brown with the chunk 
take taken out of his chin. Punches ended up getting thrown. A whole thing got separated and shut down. Chris Brown made a diss track. Drake dropped a couple shady bars. And a couple years later, these boys are pals. So that didn't really go nowhere. Yeah, it was. Do we even know why they were arguing? Like what started it all? I don't know why. Some people uh, suspect that it was the Rihanna connection. Uh, Chris dated Rihanna and then shortly after... Not shortly after, no, sometime later, Rihanna did the back and forth with Dre occasionally. Uh-huh. There was even a big rumor, and it sounded so ridiculous that I didn't want to include it, but I have to because if he did that, that is so hilarious, but corny and stupid. The The alleged story I heard was Chris Brown sent the champagne as a peace offering. Drake sent it back with a note saying, I'm I'm fucking the love of your life. Deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) I said, ain't nobody doing that. (laughs) Just what I hear about Drake, I try to believe it. I believe it, but also... uh, He's a petty little one. Yeah, I believe it, but I don't believe he did that to Chris Brown. I think Drake could have pulled that off somebody lesser. I think I also think Drake is a punk. Well, Uh, he's there with his, you know, with his boys and his bodyguards. True. Still think he's a punk bitch and couldn't do that. Not to to Chris. I think he could do it. Maybe if The Weeknd was there, he did that to The Weeknd. Chris and Drake are friends now, so that didn't come of anything. Then in July 2012, Fortune, his I think I said his fifth album was released. And I just had to say that it features the worst Chris Brown in history. Worst Chris Brown song in history, which is Don't Judge Me. I, I just, I don't know Chris Brown songs. The Please Don't Judge Me, I Won't Judge oh. You. Things will get ugly before they get beautiful. <laughs> Fucking faith that. I think I know it. Shittiest song in the fucking history of the world. Sorry. Yeah. So in January 2013, Chris gets into it with another singer. Who is it this time? Frank Ocean. Not so, Frank. Of course. Frankity bankity smankity. Uh, <laughs> in January 2013, apparently Frank Ocean uh, and Chris Brown and his entourage are both at a recording studio. There is apparently some sort of dispute about a goddamn parking spot, I guess. And they get into it. According to both sides, well, when talking to both sides, Chris's people and Frank's people, both try to say that the other one charged into the other. Chris's entourage says that Frank charged at Chris. Chris, uh, Frank says that, you know, somebody in Chris's entourage charged at him. But... Frank is the one who stayed after the altercation. So he is the one who is referred to as the victim. And if you, I I feel like he is the victim. So anyway, they got into an altercation outside the recording studio. And apparently at one point in time, Chris did try to uh, shake hands with Frank Ocean and Frank did not off. I mean, he he didn't take his hand. He, He refused it. And apparently, I guess Chris felt disrespected him as him and his entourage uh beat Frank up, but Frank Ocean specifically says that Chris Brown punched me. He even tweets on Twitter later that he got jumped by Chris and his homeboys and that he's not going to be able to pay, play piano with both hands at the Grammys. Did he? I don't know if he played with both hands, but he did play at the Grammys. Oh my goodness. 
the drama. I'm telling you. So even though I'm surprised it, I never heard of that one. Oh, this I'm surprised you didn't either, because this was another one that was all over. Yeah. Now, I, granted, yeah. I will say that it didn't um stick in the news cycle as long as some of these other ones, but it was in the news cycle for a while. Because so it was just so yeah, it was surprising. Like, what the fuck did Frank Ocean ever do to anybody? No, I don't know. Tomato, potato, tornado flew around his room. I don't know why, and don't diss Frank like that. Um, I love that song I, and that I album. Just, I just feel like they're in two separate worlds to me, in my opinion. Like, I know they're both like R and B, hip hop, but I don't yeah. know. I just I don't see them like interacting. Yeah. I th- they're two different sectors of the same genre. Yeah. So crazy. So, yeah. So, um, but those on their own, rappers fighting is never going to damage anyone's career. Like, it hurts. I don't even think it hurts. Like, you know, there's always those team team Drake, team Chris Brown, team Frank Ocean. And unfortunately, this, the generations, this generation, the one before us, next us, whatever they, I mean, Violence it serves as street cred, unfortunately. Uh huh. It it shows as uh, authenticity. Yeah. Even though these are, he's a fucking singer. He's a singer. <laughs> he's, he's a main. He mainly he's a singer. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Uh. 2013 continues not to be the best year for Chris because in October he's arrested for felony assault in Washington D.C. for altercation that apparently included two men. Um. Two men versus Chris and his bodyguard. He did go to jail for 36 hours, but he ends up getting out and going to Los Angeles for court. Um, later that same month, he enters a rehab facility, rehab facility voluntarily, but he is kicked out the very next month for violent behavior. Uh, due to that, and I guess like a stipulation of his probation, he is sentenced to three months at a anger management rehab facility. Now, while he is at this facility, the doctors there diagnose him with bipolar. First of all, let me finish. The doctors there diagnose him with bipolar disorder and PTSD. How the fuck did we get this information? Because I was looking it up afterwards like has chris talked about this has chris mentioned this what the fuck has happened since then and there's been i mean chris hasn't mentioned this i didn't see any more articles besides talking about him being diagnosed with this in the rehab facility and i'm just like god damn how the fuck did we get his diagnosis that we, he don't even acknowledge we it, always do we got kanye's diagnosis we you know once it's I feel like a lot of these celebrities that go and get help, we just get their diagnosis. Either it's intentional or not. I don't know, but yeah, it's hell leaks. Yeah, it's either a leak or there someone on their team's leaking it to like give an explanation. Oh, that's true. That could be as well. But damn, it's just crazy. I don't want the whole world knowing everything I fucking got. I don't care if you see the symptoms, you see the signs, bitch. I ain't got shit. I I don't think there's anything wrong with people knowing. I do. Because unfortunately, until you get rid of the stigma, until people uh, decide to be educated, until people decide to also get help who are diagnosed, it's just a whole fucking cycle of misinformation, uh, misdiagnosis, uh, people just not treating themselves great as well as abusing their medicine or not taking their medicine or just not being educated and just thinking that they have things that they don't have. That is true. But on the other hand, just be devil's advocate, the more people that are open about their diagnosis and talk about it the more people will probably be agitated about it i agree with that as well i just think it's like a it's a crapshoot 
Mm -hmm. I think it, we have I people can... who help and guide the conversation forward. But unfortunately, a lot of those people who do that end up suffering the consequences uh, by pushing the conversation forward because they end mm -hmm. up getting discriminated against and scrutinized. I could see it working in, you know, either for or against mm -hmm. Chris Brown. They could say this was because of his diagnosis or they could just, you know, hold it against him for anything. So. Yeah. He's in the like future because he's bipolar or exactly which it's armchair experts out here on twitter trying to tell what they know twitter TikTok, bitch people love to be fucking in the therapist chair i took a psychology class in high school so <laughs> i know i went to abnormal psych which if you don't know is the second psych class so uh there. growing up sigmund freud was my favorite <laughs> <laughs> I had an action figure and everything. My my professor said I have an eye for disorder, so just letting you know. And I see a little food eating one in you. <laughs> <laughs> my God damn. Just tell me I be binge eating. <laughs> Put down the cookie, bigums. <laughs> <laughs> bigums. I'm, I had to change my name on Instagram or Twitter to Bigums. <laughs> Katrina Bigums. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Sorry. Be a tangent episode. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we gotta have a little break. There's a lot of abuse and shit in here. Uh -huh. it's a little harsh. And we're 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 almost out of here, kind of. <laughs> so, like I said, this is a diagnosis that we did not know need or really asked for i still don't know how we got it i like i said i looked it up i didn't see if chris recognizes this in interviews or talks about this but um either way i'm not even going to let that influence my decision because it's not our business now 2014 was more of the same you know he he's in and out of rehab uh he's getting kicked out of rehab there was a couple of uh court cases against him that get, got dismissed and it's just a little bit more of the same uh, because he got kicked out of rehab the last time and it was court mandated, like we talked about, and he violated the rules in his probation. He ends up serving some jail time. He gets 131 days, but he doesn't serve all of it. He ends up getting out a little bit early and he is uh, he is released or he's released early and sentenced to. Uh, some more community service hours, and he's ordered to see a psychiatrist twice a week. So later that year in 2014, his uh, album X is released. Uh, just personally, uh, besides his first album, Chris Brown, if you talk about overall albums, this is like my second favorite album that he's ever done. But I'm not big on Chris Brown either. So I kind of was in and out of his musical career. I, I'm more I paid attention to the other stuff because sometimes the music was not as entertaining. Uh, some of the big hits on X, which were some of his bigger songs, were Loyal. As you know, those hoes ain't loyal. You got New Flame. Uh, drunk texting, fine china, some other hits. One thing about Chris is that if he ain't in court, he's definitely in the studio releasing music or getting ready to release some music. So the one thing that his fans cannot complain about is his dedication and that he's always giving them more content, more music. And he does stay like in the forefront of his minds by doing that. He stays relevant to his fan base. Uh, 
and he's accessible. Yeah, so for a while, there are some small things that come up, like I said, a, uh, an assault at a game, but the charges aren't pressed against him. Uh, a woman in Las Vegas claimed that Chris beat her and stole her phone. That case ends up getting dismissed. Another woman claims to be assaulted by Chris Brown in his home. I think it was this, uh, this was a story about the, the it, I don't, the beauty queen, her name was Bailey Karan or Bailey C. And uh, she was like a beauty queen at Chris Brown's home. She says that uh, she was there for some time and then something happened and Chris Brown pointed a gun at her and told her to get the fuck out of his house. And then she ended up uh, calling the police on him, uh, saying that he assaulted her and that let out that that led to a nine hour a nine hour standoff with police outside of Chris Brown's house, with him actually live, like recording it, live reacting to some of it. Because I remember when this happened, him posting videos on either Twitter or Instagram, you know, talking about all this. He what was it say? He I got some quotes from him. So he was just in his house, like refusing to come out. Yeah, so the story was is that a, a few times previously, Chris had got the police called on him for, uh, um, what's the word when you're being too loud? Um, disturbance, uh, fucking, for being too loud. He, he was known to have a, a lot of parties, a lot of girls, a lot of entertainers at his house, loud music and shit. So his neighbors were not fond of him, and they did call the police a few times. So the story was is that at this particular night, at this particular party, she was there with a friend or something. Uh, they got separated for some reason or whatever, and Chris ended up pulling a gun in her face, telling her to get the fuck out of her house. She eventually leaves, and she alerts the police, and the police roll up in there deep, wanting fucking Chris Brown to surrender in which he does not want to for hours. I even have some quotes from his video that he did on like Instagram. I vaguely remember this. Yeah, I was about to say, I, some of these you have to. It's just, there's so many that pop up and it's like a little whisper of violence here and there. And it's just... Not a fucking whisper of violence. Yeah, because it's like Chris Brown allegedly punched a woman in the face. Mm -hmm. like, case dismissed. Witness no longer talking. Chris Brown pulls a gun on a woman. Standoff. Yeah. And then, like, the next thing you hear is, look at me now is number one. It's like, what? Like, yeah, like exactly. how, how, how does this connect? So, yeah, I've never really, like, paid enough attention. So, uh, some of the quotes uh, from his live video is, so I'm asleep half the damn night and I just wake up and all these fucking helicopter choppers is around police out there at the gate. What the fuck do you want from me, bro? I stay out the way. I take care of my daughter, do work. When you get the warrant or whatever you need to do, you're going to walk right up in here and you're going to see nothing, you idiots. I'm tired of dealing with you all. You all are the worst gang in the world, the police. I said it. You know, so he said some other stuff. Y'all ain't doing nothing but giving me better publicity, barricaded myself in the house. Have you seen my house? I'm going to barricade myself in a palace. I'm not coming out for what? And, you know, eventually, first of all, the funniest thing I read in the story was that Ray J was at the house and he tried to come out and they arrested him. <laughs> <laughs> they eventually let him go, but it's just funny. Like, why the fuck is Ray J there? And why did you think you weren't going to get 
like confronted when you come out and there's a gang of fucking police there. I would have called, would have called the police and hey dispatcher, let radio them and let them know me, Ray J, is coming out slowly. That that is true. Like I'd be afraid they would like shoot me or something. Oh, 100% I would have stayed in there with Chris. We in the same room. Uh-huh. No, like, we in I, different rooms. They're going to try to hurt him. <laughs> like, okay, so I get why the police don't come inside because they could think he's armed or something. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to escalate it. But he's claiming he was asleep and just got this call on him. And So, where's this the woman? Didn't, yeah, this didn't happen. I don't think the police showed up until hours later or like half the day later. Oh. Well, you know, apparently this happened at night, but the standoff is happening in the morning. Huh. So and Ray J's still there. Yes. <laughs> Everyone else is gone. So, like I said, Chris is putting you know his live recordings on his social media while this is happening. He does end up eventually surrendering. Uh, he got arrested, of course. Um, he ends up being released on bail, and then later, nothing fucking happens. The prosecution does not have enough evidence. Apparently, they asked for two more weeks so the police could collect more evidence. The uh, police did not. They really couldn't find any proof that Chris Brown did this. Uh, he did drop out a bag full of money and two guns, but they said they couldn't identify the guns as belonging to Chris or that he did it. And it and they said that the witness, I guess, was not as reliable as she was made to be, seeing as immediately after she said these accusations, she did like a round of interviews and uh, they just couldn't rely on her. So the prosecution decides not to go through with it. OK, a few things. Um, he dropped money and guns where? So during the standoff, for some reason or another, um, while the police are outside, uh, Chris Brown drops a big ass duffel bag outside of a window. Uh, the police go to the bag, recover it, and they just find stacks of money and two guns. Okay. But unfortunately, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, oh, okay, okay. That's the, in my opinion, that's either like a payoff or that's a. Yes and no, but I, I don't. I, I, I don't just know. Think I think it's just a weird thing he did. May, I, think he was, I think he was just giving them whatever he thought that they wanted because the only thing I could think of is that they're eventually they're going to come into your house. So they're going to find it. Did you not want them to find it on you and suspect that you had guns? So you threw your two guns out. Um, I mean, I don't know. They can be a reasonable doubt if no one saw him throw the guns out in court. I guess that's smart. Like, he can say, those weren't mine. Someone placed those there, I guess. Exactly. Nobody can identify yeah. He's the one who actually did it. But since it's Chris Brown's house, Chris Brown threw it out. But he had a party there. It could have been anyone. It, it, that's what I'm saying. And but either another way, thing. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Her doing interviews makes her unreliable. If anything ever bad happened to me by a celebrity, I'm doing interviews. I think it's the time and the place. So they're continuing an investigation to get to gather if evidence to um, support your claims of what happened. How many? I mean, just take some of the biggest lawsuits that we've had and accusations now. Not uh, many of the big serious ones did they give interviews right after supposedly being assaulted. I think they're you know, told not things, to. 
some things have to play out. I think that she just, here's the thing. I don't know if it happened or not. A lot of people are saying just due to the clues that this never happened as well as her not pursuing it later. Um, but it's, it, it, I think it's just, they viewed the way that she went about it and whatever details she gave, they, they felt like they couldn't line it up with any evidence. And so they just dropped the whole case. I mean, really but she could still civilly sue. I think she doesn't have any, I don't think she has anything. I don't think she has a leg to stand on. And that's why she hasn't even pursued it civilly. I don't think she has a leg to stand on either, because unless she has witnesses there to say he pulled a gun in her face, like she doesn't have anything. Mm -hmm. But I giving interviews to me is, does not change anything. I would give interviews if something happened to me. I'd be streaming it to the world. Well, we haven't watched the interviews, so they could be shitty interviews. So They could be. That also could play a point in it. If you're saying a whole bunch of fucking If they're changing too, stories. Changing your story, then you do look unreliable. But like you said, you, you are correct. Just giving interviews does not invalidate you. No. So, yeah, it's 50-50 it's crapshoot, I'm telling you. So during some of this, uh, like I had said, these last few uh, over these last couple years and some of his court cases in the background, uh, Chris was on and off dating a model, uh, influencer, actress, Karuchi Tran, even famously rekindling his relationship with Rihanna in late 2012, early 2013, and still kind of seeing Karuchi on and off as well. Mm -hmm. But as far as some of their history, they started seeing each other in 2011. Um, after that Rihanna break I just talked about, 2012, 2013, they did break up, but they got back together in May of 2013. They don't stay together uh, too much longer. They stay together for some months, but they end up breaking up again in March 2014 due to Chris's cheating. Chris cheats. They're back together shortly. They break up again. Another reconciliation, another breakup. We're now in late 2014. Carucci and Chris are on a break. Famously, Chris was like at a party and he was like, fuck my ex or whatever. And he like took a picture with his arms around like uh, two or three Kardashians. I think Kendall, Kylie and Chloe or something like that. He puts out an Instagram post. Let's read it. That ride or die act we have been fooling the world with obviously ain't working. I was locked up for damn near four months and only got one visit from you while you was hosting parties and taking secret trips to Toronto, going on dates with Drake. This <laughs> Why is Drake always? I know. I fucking hate that guy. Everybody they he's the same with. People? Everybody he's with, he thinks they're going to go to Drake. Uh-huh. When this relationship first started, you knew what it was and even participated in threesomes. I slowed all that shit down. So let's not try to save face for public opinion because I don't need to play victim so people can take my side. All these celebrity niggas ain't shit and only focus on themselves. I made it clear to the world who my girl was and made your life equal to mine, even at the cost of me not focusing on my career at times. So miss me with the bullshit. No, now y'all know the real, but he meant to say, <laughs> he meant to say now y'all know the real, but he said, no, y'all know the real. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was like, bruh, why did you put all that out there? What did she do to you? And, and the whole thing about him being in jail for four months and then her only visiting one time. 
wasn't a problem before because during his uh, jail sentence, he sent a message to his fans to like be posted on social media through Karuchi. And Karuchi gave out the message. And at the end of the message, he says, I love you, Karuchi. Like, it's bro. Was it a problem then? Nah, you wouldn't complain about them one visits? People always love someone when they're in jail. It is too much. But of course, he apologizes later. And days later, they're seen back together. Back in effect. So they keep going. They're riding until the wheels fall off. But who knew that the wheels would fall off in March of 2015? Karuchi and the world would find out that Chris had fathered a nine-month-old child with another woman, that he was hiding from her and the world. Ooh, low-ball shit. I'm telling you. Karuchi goes on Twitter and just tweets one thing. Listen, one can only take so much. The best of luck to Chris and his family. No baby drama for me. And I support it. I support it. Because that's crazy. A nine-month-old child? You've been hiding her for nine months? Actually, and you've been hiding her for nine more months? I was just about to say 18 months, actually, because you fucked her and got her pregnant. The fair one month before that? like I'm telling you. And they were back and forth for so much that even if it was a break baby, I mean, you got to say something. <laughs> you still got to tell her that the baby's coming. Yeah, like, I, I don't get that. Did you think you was going to hide it forever? I think he was okay with being a shitty halfway father because it was kind of reported that he wasn't in the child's life for a while. So he was okay with, you know, having his relationship as the center of his life and his music and maybe being a father and name only. And then when everybody found out, he figured, you know, let me get my shit together. You know, I ain't got her no more. Might as well be a father. I, wow. I, I feel like that because I'm just like, how are you being a, a present father and your girl don't know? So how are you spending time with your child as well as your girl, as well as your career? It just don't add up to me. But then again, if he was able to cheat on her, he obviously finds time somewhere. Yeah, I mean, the life of celebrities. Yeah. So, you know, after that, regarding her relationship with uh, Chris, Carucci is now like getting out of the cycle. So she does a couple interviews, one which with Ayala Van Zant on OWN and talking about how, you know, she's, you know, she loves Chris, but, you know, he's not good for her. And um, that even when the Rihanna stuff was happening, she was kind of oblivious because she thought that they were just kind of like, mending like a, a fucked up relationship maybe kind of becoming friends but she didn't think it was like a friend to friends and benefits recoupling back together also these next things i'm going to talk about that happened with karuchi paints a picture of who chris brown is as far as a former flame as far as the ex-boyfriend so uh later that year 2015 on, in may uh no, actually, I'm going to tell you the first one that I saw. I didn't even write this down. But a, a few days after she tweeted that she didn't want no baby drama, you know, she can only take so much, Karuchi posts a picture of her in a bikini. And this motherfucker has the nerve to say something like, you're beautiful, keep it classy. You don't have to, like, thought your way down or, like, you know, look like a thought or some stuff. And I'm like, the fucking audacity. She's trying to move on with her, her life. Why are you still, like, buzzing in her ear? But anyway, 
May, she takes a picture with uh, Tyson Beckford, who's a famous model. And Chris Brown goes on Twitter and he's like, you want to keep walking them wrong ways? You need legs for that. Keep playing like I ain't with the bullshit. I'm done with all this internet talking. I'll be in Vegas soon. Keep playing. I'm going to fuck your baby mama and whoop your child like it's mine. Because Tyson Beckford took a picture with Karuchi. Oh. Then you have um, the next month where they're trying to talk it out, mediate. So they go to a, what's that word? Um, neutral place. And apparently the meeting goes so bad that they end up yelling at each other and it's concluded very shortly and they go their separate ways. Then later on in that same month of June, Chris Brown calls out, uh, calls out uh, Karuchi for like talking about him and her relationship uh, in these interviews and shit like that. And she uh, says, she responds to him via Instagram and just says, I did an interview, no, saying like, you did an interview with Ryan Seacrest. You spoke about me. I did an interview with Access Hollywood, and it was not about you. They asked me a question. As a mature adult, I answered. Uh, she said she wasn't going to shy away from shit that she lived through. And she said, don't be mad at me because our relationship is overdue to your lack of loyalty. You know what's weak? You forcing yourself in my car my broken window, blowing up my phone, trying to shower me with gifts. Why don't you man the fuck up and change the bullshit in your life? Like I told you several times. And uh, basically, if you want to check out my career, look at this, this and that. But that's also detailing her through this Instagram uh, thing that the relationship, of course, wasn't, I mean, we are, we suspected it wasn't what we thought it was, but that there was still a lot of violence during and after it with her saying that he broke her window he's blowing up her her text he's trying to give her gifts yeah it's it just sounds like another abusive relationship it's mm -hmm. doesn't and, sound like much has changed in the years that he's yeah. gone by and you're broken up and you're still trying to control her and control her narrative telling her not to speak about you like bitch who are you you're a public figure i talk about you all the all the ways i want to he eventually doubled back like he tends to do because he still loves Karuchi and he has those uh, abusive symptoms and he offers a apology to her saying that, you know, I'm eternally grateful and thankful for you being part of my life. So then he offers an apology to Trans saying, you know, I'm eternally thankful for you being part of my life. I learned so much from you. I wish you nothing but happiness and the best. All I was doing was trying to fight for the woman I love. Thanks. I learned a lot, which read like a whole bunch of abusive back talk bullshit to me because why did you sit there and degrade her and then well you've been degrading her for months now and then at the end you apologize and say all i was trying to do was fight for the woman i love thanks learned a lot uh-huh you've had too many incidences where you should have learned a lot so finally in june 2017 after chris was uh harassing karuchi with like a barrage of threatening texts about returning gifts and talking to him and answering her, her, his phone calls and messages. She's granted a five-year restraining order. Um, and she also spoke about times where the police were not involved. A police report was not filed, but there was some abuse. She talked about times where he did assault her, pushed her down the stairs stuff like that. I think she, she said uh, punched her. 
I don't know if she said punched in her stomach or just punched her, but she said she pushed her down the stairs and stuff like that. Uh, Some of the things that he said in the text about returning things were, I can get my, uh, return the ring so I can get my money back and I'm tired of playing games. Bitch, I will beat the shit out of you. I promise I will make your life hell. Stuff like that. I mean, it's not surprising. Like, I'm not surprised at all. It's (laughs) unfortunate. So things cooled off. Like I said, there were some minor things like him being involved in a hit and run, him having an illegal monkey, you know, shit like that. But the next big uh, incident is January 2019 when him, his bodyguard and another person, a part of his entourage was accused of rape in Paris. Now, the woman uh, who went by Jane Doe said that Chris Brown and three other men raped and abused her in three different rooms in a hotel. Um, Apparently, uh, even though she was raped by Brown and these these other men in the hotel, there were about 20 people in the living room. Um, Brown and the men were arrested, but they were released, uh, I think, the next day without charges or soon after without charges because of the Paris police disputing some of the allegations because the woman did not mention trying to leave the suite, trying to leave the suite or alerting anyone to the attack that apparently happened. Even though they did release Chris Brown and his entourage, the police did say that they are still continuing the investigation, that it was still ongoing. Now, I don't know what that means. I have looked it up. I have not seen any update on this case. Like I've Googled, I've schmoogled, I've rugled. If somebody finds it, please let me know. I'll take the the loss for for being a dumbass and not seeing it. But I have not seen it. And that's the, the last biggest thing that Chris Brown has been a part of. The next biggest thing uh, just got dismissed uh, not that long ago, which was uh, earlier this year, uh, somebody filed a $20 million law. $20 million lawsuit against Chris Brown stating that he drugged and raped her. Now it ended up getting dismissed um, because there was lack of uh, prosecution, but the judge did say that um, if Jane Doe does want to refile again, Oh, also neither parties showed up at court. So the judge did dismiss it, but said that, you know, Jane Doe can refile again uh, if, if she so chooses. So, yeah, besides that, the rape thing in Paris is the only thing I've seen that was a big deal that I didn't get an answer for because they said that the investigation was continuing, but they let everybody go. We've seen it a thousand times covering these now. When there's just There's just not enough when it comes to sexual assault because I know. it happens behind a closed door. It happens in a bedroom. It's, it's not, you know, just they're not have. doing it out there it comes down to he said she said and it really boils down to consent and they can say she was into it and exactly she said that she described it as like you know at the hotel suite the bodyguard or whoever takes all the phones they're not allowed and you know she got uh chris pulled her in a room you know and raped her and then she told him that she just wanted her phone to leave and then he introduced her to another guy who apparently she thought was going to take her to the bodyguard to get her phone, but ended up taking 
her to a different room to rape her. And then afterwards she got to the bodyguard and then she was raped again. Um, the way she said she got out is that she said that she started crying, saying that she needed her phone and that she had classes early in the morning and then that they reportedly let her go after that. After they were done with her, yeah. And yeah. I mean, if if that's why his fans are always gonna say nothing stuck to him, nothing, you know, nothing has been proven. He beat Rihanna once. And mm-hmm. him and Carucci were is that her name Carucci? Yeah. We're in a relationship and we don't really know what happened there either. And all these other ones that are say, Case dismissed, no evidence. He was innocent. And which we know that does not mean innocent, but when we see these prolific abusers that we know are abused, like Shadow No Doubt, hashtag Bill Cosby or R. Kelly or something, you know, mm-hmm. we see this pattern of there's of when you know when there's smoke, there's fire of these yeah. telltale signs of there's something going on there. There's some form of abuse, some form of See, the, the rape one's a new one for Chris Brown, but, I mean, I just have such a poor image against on him. Like, I'm I'm not going to say... I, I just can't come to his defense because it doesn't seem like he's learning. Like, yeah, I kept so seeing, like, he beat Rihanna when he was a teenager. You know, 19 is technically a teenager, okay. Mm-hmm. But then he's with Carucci and he beat her too. And those are the women who came forward. Is there yes. other women that... And to most people, they're okay with excusing a domestic violence. <laughs> you know, they're okay with domestic violence. They're they're gonna let that slide. Yeah. He's he's cute. He seems good. They're gonna let it slide. Yeah, it's it's, it's too. It's like you said. It's just too hard. It's too blurry because of his pattern and be- behavior of being angry and violent. You're like, oh, you're kind of predis predisposed to kind of believe that oh he could have done that and then you have the culture of people not being believed for sexual assault so you're like oh I really should lean into believing the victim but then you also have some of these being dismissed not being filed and then you think well it could have been like um it could have been it could have been a ploy to get money it could have been a ploy to fuck up his reputation or it could have just been they just didn't have the evidence on their side. You just don't fucking know. So I, that's why I patterns know. of I, behavior matter. You can't sit there and say, you guys don't give me a chance. You guys don't forgive me. You guys keep bringing up old stuff, but you keep upholding that pattern. So while the the $20 million lawsuit, $20 million lawsuit is the latest thing in 2022, and then the Paris thing is 2019. Those are unfortunately still kind of fresh, only a couple of years. And the the $20 million lawsuit can be refiled if Jane Doe wants it. Not saying we, we don't know if it's true or not, whatever, but it's like you just, unfortunately, some people cannot be given a clean slate. Some people just have to play to the cards that they are dealt. And with the cards that Chris Brown has dealt as well, some of the cards that motherfucker picked up himself, he has this storied, uh, very shades of gray history that he's going to have to deal with. And unfortunately, only his actions uh, 
from this point on can exonerate you or clean up your image. And that would be even hard to do because, like you said, you're kind of ingrained of how you feel about him. And so are a lot of people. It doesn't matter what will happen. He'll always be guilty. He'll always be seen as an abuser. And then you have the blind devotees who think that he's not done anything wrong and everybody should be ashamed uh, of how they treat him. Like we can say, if we even want to do that, play the devil's advocate, one of these stories is made up. We can say two of these stories is made up. But how many are we just trying to say they're all made up, they're all clout chasing, they're all looking for money. Yeah, as well as some of the assault cases that I didn't even mention that, you know, didn't go anywhere. How many are made up? Now, I will say some people do find a celebrity that's troubled and they try to stick stuff to them. But like you said, how many stories? How many? <laughs> I don't know. But then that brings us to the latest scandal, which people don't know who uh if this has anything to do with his history the tributees history or the award show just not giving a fuck which is the ama's canceling the chris brown performance 2022 is the 40th anniversary of michael jackson's thriller which of course is you know lauded as one of the best albums of all time you know i, I mean i love me some thriller not the song thriller but the but the album, I, I can't stand the song. <laughs> but uh, Chris, who has been recognized as like a descendant of like the type of talent that Michael Jackson showed, especially as like, if you remember that, I don't know what year it was, but that BET tribute, 2009, uh, that BET tribute when this man started crying at, at Man in the Mirror and couldn't even talk, couldn't even sing. So uh, he was asked to do the tribute. He even had Sierra, who was going to be a part of it, who I thought is a great tag along uh, artist, especially with the way that she can dance and sing. I, yeah, I think Sierra's a good choice. Yes. So they were scheduled to perform, but literally like the day before, maybe uh, two days before, you know, Chris Brown goes on uh, Instagram and says, like, Maze canceled my performance. They just told me out of nowhere it was canceled. People said uh, it was a Michael Jackson thing. They didn't want to tribute to a rumored uh, pedophile. Some people said it was due to Chris Brown's troubled and storied controversies going on, that they didn't think it would be right for Chris Brown with the record he has to honor Michael Jackson. Some people said it was the both of them, but the AMAs is saying that literally that there was no reason for, like there wasn't no, no secret reason. They just said that this happens with award shows. Things get canceled all the time unknowingly. This had nothing to do with neither Chris Brown or Michael Jackson, but I don't believe it. What about you? I don't know. I, I feel like for the most part, Michael Jackson, people still love. Like, he still has a very high favor in public opinion. Like, people love Michael Jackson. I, whatever, my opinion. Um, Chris Brown, he's performed at the AMAs before, hasn't he, after his scandals? I'm pretty sure he has, which is why it's so weird. Yeah, so I, he could have just been bumped. I honestly don't think Chris Brown is but the he best was option. But here's my thing. Oh, okay, sorry. No, you finished. He wasn't the best option for... Okay. I don't think he's the best option to do a tribute to Michael Jackson. Who do you think is? I don't know if there is someone out there who is, besides, like, you know, Janet, of course, but... Oh, hell yeah, it is. Yeah, but I don't think there's 
a single person. Like, I get it. I get people always start comparing Chris Brown to Michael Jackson because he could dance. Whatever. I've mm-hmm. seen... And I don't... I, I'm trying not to be so biased because I just... I know I sound like a freaking hater. But I've seen, like, videos of Chris Brown dancing. They're like, oh, my God, he's, like, such a great performer. And just what I see, like, he does a few backflips, like, cool. But... He don't. He doesn't got it. I. I just don't. I don't see. I don't see why people love him so much. Like when he give was younger. That, when I, when I, when I, when I, give me that. When I, yeah, when he was you younger. You I. I just. I kind of feel like the. The bar is so low for male celebrities, that mm. they can, you know, do a little late kick and people are like, oh my god, like, not even him, like Harry Styles, even like Harry Styles, like shimmies his shoulders and it's like. Oh, he's such a great performer. It's like, but these female artists are out there. Like, let's just take Beyonce, just because she's literally a goddess. So fucking tired of Harry Styles, though. Every time, everything this man does, everybody, what? Well, whatever. That's a topic for another time. Um, Um, Salting cracker. Okay. Oh. I said what I said. He's playing. Um. Just. I just feel like females, like, they dance more, they perform more, like, Beyonce's out there being a performer, and I just feel like Chris Brown, to me, he doesn't have it. The few videos I've seen, I'm a hater or whatever. He's just not on Michael Jackson's level. I don't think he's, maybe his, not even his voice. Like, mm. he has an okay voice, but it's not like a Michael Jackson voice. Maybe Bruno. I'd be okay with Bruno. I would not. But, uh, I'd be more I mean, okay I'm, with I'm Bruno okay. I really than... don't care for anybody. I mean, I got, I know, I get why Chris Brown would do it, but I don't feel Bruno could. I feel like there's some other people that people would suggest, and I still was like, no. So I'm kind of with you. I don't think anybody can truly tribute him. But side, no, I was going to say side note and bring something up, and I forgot. But it doesn't matter. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, though, performances do get pushed back. Performances do get axed. His was a tribute performance that he was practicing, uh, rehearsing with Sierra. I don't care what the AMA say. It was whether it was a Michael related issue, a Chris related issue, or a Michael and Chris issue, uh, or you know, public response once they released it. I think that the, it was a controversy. Somebody put a bug in their ear and they nixed it because it's a tribute performance. It's a 40th anniversary performance. And as much as I, I love my girl Glorilla, she's performing tomorrow. Uh, as, as much as I love all these other performances, they're performing in T-shirts, songs that don't even fucking matter. And they barely sing in them. Some of, her, some of them are lip syncing. You telling me that one of those performances couldn't be pushed for an anniversary tribute to Michael Jackson? That's why I feel like it was a controversy behind the scenes. Maybe. I mean, it could be like, so I don't really care either way. Yeah. You hate Chris Brown. (laughs) (laughs) So after this happened, like you said, he won the award, which it, no offense. I, like I said, I'm not a big Chris Brown fan, but I don't know why they started booing anyway. Why did they boo? It wasn't like R Kelly won. And like you said, he's performed at these award shows before he's won these awards before. I don't know why they booed him. I, but, I, but, I think people are just reactionary. So sick. They're they're so sick of him getting away with everything. They're so sick of hearing him 
be in a situation and gain out of it. They're like, just go away. Yeah, go away or get help. Like one of the two, like heal or leave. Yep. Well, as you know, a whole bunch of people voice their opinions, especially in support of Chris. You have people like Sierra, you have people like Kelly Rowland, Jordan Sparks, The Game, and a whole bunch of others basically saying that, you know, what they did wasn't right. What Chris Brown did was years ago. Uh, people deserve grace. People deserve space and time to change. So on and so forth. So with this, I close. I ask you, with everything that has been done, alleged, confirmed, rumored, whatever, has Chris Brown not been given grace? And if he hasn't, does he truly deserve it? One thing I cannot stand is the me, oh my, I'm a victim thing. And I feel like that's what Chris Brown has done. Like, shut the fuck up. No one cares that you're being blackballed, as you say. Like, you did a shitty thing. People don't want you. Go away. Just deal with it. You you did something shitty. Deal with the consequences. You say people need to move on. Well, give them something to move on to. Don't keep doing the same pattern of behavior. Uh. If, if it was just one thing from 2009, okay, we can say it's been. Let's do the math. <laughs> 13 years since my last incident. And then we're like, okay, that's understandable. But mm-hmm. it's like each incident's like, well, you just had an allegation here, an allegation there, allegation there. And yes, maybe not all the allegations are are true, but how many are we gonna throw out? How many tries and benefit of the doubt are we gonna give him? A known yeah. abuser with the history. I get you. I get you. Yeah, I think that the celebrities are just really good friends with Chris and they haven't he hasn't done anything against them. So they're just trying to show their support. But uh, truth be told, Chris Brown has had many a chance. He still has chances. He's still putting out music. He's still hitting record numbers, selling out shows on tour and still has a very much devoted fan base as well as a direct line to the radio. And, and I love Kelly Rowland. She's my third favorite member of Destiny's Child, but (laughs) what are we talking about? Like, he's not getting his moment or whatever. He got an award. He wasn't there to accept it. What do you want? I think she was just fishing for something nice to say because uh, she didn't like the booze. But what? I was thrown off by the booze as well, but I wouldn't have done all that. I would have been like, all right, calm down. Thank you. Let's go. I wouldn't have said all that. I guess what I'm trying to say is the people who want us to move on from Chris Brown, what do they want us to move on to? Like, they want us to say he's great, he's amazing. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, their objective is yeah, you want like because he's not being blackballed, he's winning awards. Yeah, he's on the radio. That is true. Like his albums are selling. Like, what, what? What are we supposed to be moving on to? That we like him. They just don't want us. They them him whatever they don't want us to mention those his past anymore well shut the fuck up like no i'm gonna mention his fucking past because i like i don't go out my way like to fucking shit on chris brown Mm -hmm. is he a fucking degenerate of a human being sure is he an abuser sure does he have a sketchy past sure like okay those are all like i don't get it like 
am I supposed to be sucking his cock just because he's fucking making music? I don't get what I'm supposed to be doing here. Don't suck his cock. <laughs> I, I, I just, <laughs> I, I don't understand like what the point is. I get, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Just one of those or can things. you tell me the point? <laughs> like, Shut up. Like, what's the point? I mean, that's what they they that's what they want us. So he's not the only celebrity. Every celebrity and their friends cry out, please move on. I'm a different person. Y'all keep talking about the same old stuff. But unfortunately, here at Save Your Sorry, that is what we do. We continue to talk about the same old shit, new shit, old shit, you shit, me shit. Right, so, he hasn't been blackballed. Oh, no, absolutely not. And I don't know if he said that out of his mouth, but I know a lot of his industry peers have said that. Yeah. But no, he, he definitely has not. There have been blackballed celebrities. He is not one of them. He is just not recognized as the best, which is what he wants. He's not recognized as the greatest. He's not at the very top of the charts. He's not on the biggest shows, the biggest stages. But... If maybe after like a few of those incidents, you maybe really like closed your circle, maybe slowed down on your partying and some of the drugs, as well as, you know, really dedicated yourself to the music, as well as the music, the partying and the women, he could have been where he wanted to be. But, you know, he has to take part of you know, uh, his downfall, which is not a downfall. This man is still a millionaire, and this man still has thousands upon millions of fans. Yeah, maybe. So he's he... one, and he's, they're just crying for now, but they'll get over it, and then there'll be another celebrity crying soon enough. Maybe he just doesn't have it. Maybe he's right where he needs to be. Like, he's 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 an okay performer. I can, I get people like him, but yeah. that does not mean everyone's going to be like, Wow, he's great. Wow, he's one of the best. Like we'll he's see. not on Michael Janet's or Beyonce's level. Like, you know, he's not on the top of the top. He's not a Mariah. He's a he's a Chris Brown. No bullshit. Unless he comes out with like a super like the most fireous album, the the toppiest song, the, the song on top of the charts, you know, the biggest breakthrough, whatever. Revisionist history is going to uh, rear his head when he either dies or something tragic happens. And people are going to be like, y'all never gave Chris Brown his flowers. He oh was the fucking greatest. He made kiss, kiss. He did this and that. I'm telling you, because the thing is, unless he makes something like gargantuanly huge, he's not going to get any bigger than he is. Gargantuan is my favorite word. Okay. What is somebody <laughs> else? What is that off of? Maybe somebody, Kill Bill. Yeah, yes, <laughs> it is Kill Bill. <laughs> but yeah, unless he does something like smash the records, he's not going to be as big as he is. But his fans, as well as people with short term memory loss and amnesia, something's going to happen to him. Not saying I want it to. But everybody's going to start in on the, you didn't give him his flowers, you didn't appreciate him while he was here. And I'm going to just be like, oh, fuck, whatever. I just, I don't see it. I don't see the black ballness. He does have black balls. <laughs> no, not when he's still at the top. I don't feel like that's blackballed. Yeah, he's still thriving and he's alive. He'll be cool. But that's it. Let's close this long ass episode down. As you know, we do like to close out our episodes with a piece of media, something that 
we are thinking of listening to Reminded by Such and Such. Actually, today we have a bit of a scheduled media. We actually did communicate about what we were going to do this episode. We did. And, you know, since everybody is on social media releasing their Spotify rap, their Apple Music top list, and all this other stuff, we figured we would do the same on the episode. Perfect. So, what about you? Would you like to go first? Um, I can. I also have a Trisha email. Should I do that one first or last? It's not Spotify related, though. It's just her media. Um, let's do hers and then we'll do the Spotify wrapped, Apple wrapped thing. Okay, hers is real short. Hey, Trisha, I love you. (laughs) Just spoke to you. You're you're one of my girls. You're my favorite. (laughs) Okay, hers is hello, my favorite best friend podcasters. I hope you guys have had a good week. I just want to share my media with y'all. I've been having, I have been thoroughly enjoying the Office Superfan episodes. Like everyone else in the world, I love The Office. Yes. And those extra scenes just add more love for me. I have so many favorites, and I absolutely love switching sides on the Pam debate. As <laughs> always, thank you for being amazing. Have a wonderful night recording. Uh, <laughs> do you know what the Pam debate is? I was trying to think what that was. Pam debate is, you know, one watch you you love Pam, and then the, the next watch you, th- you, you feel like or realize that Pam is the villain. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that ever happened for me. Yeah, the thing is, honestly, there's so many episodes about is Blank the really villain or is uh-huh. Blank the villain that you can see it anyway. But I as well like to switch sides because sometimes I'll be like, well, Pam is just stuck in a rut. She's doing what she has to do. And then there was times I was like, Pam, get the fuck over yourself. You get your shit together. Oh, okay. Maybe I, I'm gonna point out. I'm gonna have to give you a couple episodes where, no, you're just gonna be a Pam apologist all night. I I don't know. I'm not even a Pam fan. Like she's not even my top five. Favorites. Oh, okay. Then I'll then I'll send you some episodes or just the scenarios to see which one did you did you side with Pam okay. or the other people. <gasps> Probably <Yeah>. Angela. <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will say, if I haven't already mentioned this before, when I talked about The Office, that um, a wonderful, beautiful, uh, model-esque person introduced Trisha to The Office. I think her name was Katrina Rochelle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, a scenario that did pop in my head just now is Pam is the, it's Pam's fault Sprinkles died. Because Pam was a bitch to Angela saying, well, you are the head of the party planning committee. That was true. Like, bitch, let that girl go home and check on her cats. Yeah, that that, that one true. pissed me off. When I but, when I re- rewatched that episode after my dog died, I was like, you bitch. Oh, my gosh. Not you blaming. <laughs> you projecting your heartache. On I know. <laughs> but also, Dwight was a crazy motherfucker, too. Because mm-hmm. why did you put them in the... The thing is, if the cat was dead, I'm leaving the cat there so my girlfriend can find her dead cat and she knows what to do with it. Or I would tell her, hey, I tried. It didn't work. I just left her there. I'm not telling her. I put her in the goddamn freezer. <laughs> I'm not do I'm not doing that, nor am I telling her that. Ugh. She said, what is that? There's like bags of crinkle cut fries all cut <laughs> up and shit. Oh my goodness. Fuck that. But thank you, Trisha, for the media. Thank uh, you so much. Very much appreciated. Any other listeners, you're feel free to uh, send in your media if you want. 
but we'll we'll tell you how to do that at the end. <laughs> so you want to go first? Yeah. Um, do you want to do top five artists and top five songs? We're doing both. What do you mean? That's what I was Sorry. Okay. Oh, which one to do first? I don't know. Sorry. My, 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 my laptop is like, bitch, we've been on too long. <laughs> so okay. ignore that. I didn't hear anything. Oh, okay. Then that's great. Whatever. Okay. So I'll start with top artists. Hey, hey, hey. Starting at number five. And this one was surprising to me. Boyce Avenue. Do you know them? That sounds familiar, but not off the top of my head. Um, they just, they have their own music, but I feel like they're YouTube people, and they just, like, do a bunch of covers. Okay. Boys but they have their own songs. I just don't listen to their own songs. I just, I just like their just covers. The covers? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, number four, FKA Twigs. That's your number four. You should be ashamed. It should be number one. <laughs> number three. And this was, I'm, I have stopped listening to her, but she still made her way to number three from the beginning of the year. Nicki Minaj. (laughs) 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 She she was fighting for that top spot. Number two, Beyonce. And number one, which I was a little surprised, but not really. Miss Taylor Swift. You fucking lost me. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> lost me. Not, this is, not her being your number fucking one. This is this, not 2010. Why is she number one? Jose, how long have you been listening to that Midnight album? Okay, so I'm actually glad Midnight's did not come out earlier because I feel like it would have swept all my top fives. Jeez. Um, but before that, I was listening to a lot of folklore and evermore and yeah so taylor's really been my artist this year it's a love story baby i I think you need to get past love story taylor i taylor got five songs out of me five good ones it's our song love story wildest (laughs) dreams i love should have said no but yeah i would maybe blank space is the other one i love blank space boys avenue no yeah, four seven cover that one. Of course. Number one. I am surprised. Okay, I you know. wanna go uh you do your five artists and then I do mine? Yeah. Okay. So that's number one though. <laughs> oh, you know what? It's funny. Before you tell your five. Uh-huh. You know how we have a mixed playlist on Spotify? Yes. And you told me you don't use it anymore. So sometimes when I see your songs on there, I'm like, I'm going to listen to this. And then she said, no, I listened. And you don't even use it. I don't. Like, Loki, I got, I got, I didn't get snappy, but I got shady uh, in our text messages when you were like, you want to do our Spotify rap? And I was like, Psh, I don't even use Spotify. <laughs> he was like, Apple Music has it too. <laughs> I was like, yeah. But last year when we did it, I did listen to the playlist like once. But yeah, after that, I I just started getting Apple Music. I think the funny thing is Trisha, I think, pays for my Apple Music. So thank you, Trisha. It used to update your Spotify. Then I'm like, damn, she's just listening to the same music over and over again. (laughs) You just seen the same (laughs) ass songs. (laughs) My gosh. So... My top five was a little surprising to me, honestly, but 
Uh, I think, like you said, there was a difference in what I was listening to at the beginning of the year to the last part of the year. So I think that's what kind of mixed me up. So my number five artist is the internet. Um, I fucking love the internet. Internet is Sid and Matt, who came from, you know, that big ass uh, old future gang that got into all those subsections. So the internet's really cool. They kind of do, you know, neo soul, R and B, little of a electric vibe. They they they're just all over the board. They're really interesting. My number four is kind of crazy, and I don't want to be judged because it's only because I listen to, to like three of their songs mm-hmm. a lot. But it's um, NBA YoungBoy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that motherfucker just snuck up in there. I do not know. I must have really liked those those two songs. My number three is Nao, which I fucking Ooh, love her. You mentioned her before on the pod. Yes, I fucking love her. So I'm not surprised she was number three. My number two and one was kind of crazy. They uh, Number two lost by one minute. Ooh. My number two is Beyonce, like you. Oh, my goodness. I know, Are right? Are we fake beehive members? I know, but to be fair, I tried to run it up as much as I could. I love that reality. To uh, be fair, I love Renaissance. It's just such a happy album, and I'm not there in my life. That is true. Sometimes if you ain't in the mood, I feel like falling in. You ain't trying to hear that shit. Like, let me just be, let me be me. You're right, you're right. But I still respect it. And sometimes it grabs me out. It's like, you won't break my song. Oh, I just start dancing with it. I, I picture you crumping. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I, obviously it held us long enough because she's both our number two. Uh-huh. My number one is surprising, but not really because, you know, I'm an old soul. Uh, number one is Stevie Wonder. Oh, my goodness. Yes. You want you, you, <laughs> you put it the Stevie Wonder minutes in. Oh, my goodness. Because, okay, so... The Beyonce listening time was 200 and something minutes. And like I said, the Stevie Wonder time was 200 and something minutes. And it was one minute difference. I said, God damn, if I want to listen to Break My Soul or Cuff It one more time. I know. He might just have longer songs. Yeah, that's true. He does. But I love Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder has some hits. Best, just the top three I could think of right now is like Rocket Love, All I Do, Another star, and everybody as a bonus knows as it's just great. He's great. So that, that one was shocking to me. Yeah, I was shocked too. I knew I was listening to him, but I didn't know he was my number one. So, what's your top five tracks, sir? Okay, my top five songs coming in number five, and I know my neighbors must hate me. Is "Caught Out There" by Khalees, and I okay. know they hate me. Because she streams in that song, you know. I hate you so much right oh, now. It's that one. Yeah. You so much right now. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> funny. Yes. And, and I sing along very loud to it. You are hilarious. Not you singing that loud to that song. So I know they must hate me. I cannot wait to just be by your door hearing you. <laughs> Number four. Poison and Wine by the Civil Wars. Um, I heard the song of Grey's Anatomy when I think Richard has like a relapse and he's drinking. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And I've always loved it. It's just a beautiful song. Number three, Home With You, FKA Twigs. Of course. That was my number two last year. So, of course, number three this year. Number two, Cellophane, FKA Twigs. Oh, of course. <laughs> it, it's it's held on for a year. What can I say? I love the song. I think the only reason it's not number one is because sometimes it comes on and like, it's too beautiful. I, I can't right now. And I like this watching the video. <laughs> Two things. Yes. And number one is Happier Than Ever by Kelly Clarkson, which was kind of a surprise to me. Wait, what's the song by Kelly Clarkson? Happier Than Ever. It's the one she covers by Billie Eilish. Okay, yeah, no, I don't know that one. And I love it. Interesting. Come on, Kelly. <laughs> Shoot to the top. I was kind of surprised she was my number one, though. I'm surprised, too. I got to hear this song. It was your number one. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm not going to lie. My five is kind of weird. Not weird. It's just, hey, girl. <laughs> it's just interesting, I guess. So my number five is... Uh, Gina Thompson, The Things You Do. The Things That You Do. This is a mid-90s song or mid-90s, early 2000s song by, no offense, a one-hit wonder featuring Missy Elliott and Diddy. And I love it so much so that I didn't rehear this song. Like, this song didn't get reintroduced to me until September, and it's my number five. So... <laughs> Then I have Don't Go by Mary J. Blige. Um, I cannot tell you why I love the song so much. It's just something about the song that just grabs me. It's one of, uh, this is, is this one of the 401, I think? Yeah, I think this is off of Mary J. Blige's first album. So it's early Mary. You know, you feel the soul, you feel the hurt. And it's my shit. The third one is where we're like, huh, what happened? <laughs> So my song, what is it? Uh, the, the song is When the Saints Go to Worship. This is a church song, a gospel Ooh. song. It's When the Saints Go to Worship, and it's by Donald Lawrence and the Tri-City Singers. Now, I love this whole entire song, but the singer really shines and, like, really, like, grabs me, like, maybe about, I can't remember if it's about, like, 40 to 55 seconds into the song where I just replayed her part over and over. So that's why I know this had to get high because I did just replay it. Cause it, I, I don't discuss about my private life on the podcast, maybe like occasionally, maybe bits and pieces, but shit has been trying this year, especially in the latter part of the year. And even though I do not view myself as a deeply religious, spiritual person, uh, just because how I grew up in the music taste that I have, as well as the voices in the people I grew around, I just really have this deep connection to gospel. So when I'm going through it, a lot of times, I, if I'm not listening to the sad ass alternative music, I'm listening to gospel. And so this song was just, just one of my main ones. Mm. Uh, second one is Tim's Free Mind I fucking love Tim's She's a great singer She's beautiful She's not American 
<laughs> so, you know, she's killing the game. She's on everything this year. And uh, when I was listening to the radio, I heard Free Mind uh, months and months ago. I uh, shazammed it, and I've been listening to it ever since. Also, Crazy Things, but, you know, that didn't crack the five. Uh, and then my number one is something that I don't think you know the song either. This is Right Track by Sid and Smino. No. Now, now Right Track uh, is by Sid, who is a part of the internet, which was my fifth uh, most listened to artist. And she has a solo career as well. And she puts out great music, R&B music. Right Track is just a catchy ass song. And she sounds nice and um I just wore that song out so much. I just really like it. It's just like a bubbly little pop R&B song about, you know, telling this girl, you know, you're the one. We're on the right track. I'm trying to trying to do it up with you. And it's real cute. Was there any songs or artists you were surprised were not on your list? Um, At least the top five. You know what? Okay, so... I was happy it wasn't in my top five because, you know, it shows you your top 10. No, actually, I'll tell you the one I wasn't surprised. And then I'll tell you the one. Okay. So the one I was surprised that wasn't in my top five that I've been also killing is California Dreaming by the Mamas and Papas. I fucking, all I do is listen to California Dreaming. So I was surprised that wasn't in my top five. But the one I was great uh, grateful that wasn't in my top five that I was like, how did he even get this high? Supernova. <laughs> you son 10. of a bitch! It's in my top ten. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> oh, Robbie, it's supposed out there, you Ansel E. Dot supporter. I said, Jesus, even I have some scandal in me because how did it get this high? Why are you in my top ten, bro? This whole time, every time we've listened to it, you said, yeah, after that, I've never listened to it. First of all, I didn't. Okay, maybe a couple times after the thing, but not a lot. <laughs> That's what you think. Not a lot. I just was like, so I'm looking, it says top foot. I was looking at the number, I said, mm-mm, can't show this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. What about you? Ones you weren't surprised? One? Um, I really loved this year. I don't think it came out this year, though. It came out a few years ago. The Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks. Mm -hmm. Their album, Gaslighter, I love that album. So, mm. like, a couple, a bunch of their songs appear on my, your top songs 2022 playlist that they made. Yeah. But I was surprised they went on the top ten. Or top five. Okay. Um. Let's see, there's other ones that I thought. Oh, Queen Herbie. I was surprised she wasn't higher up. She's on there, but just not higher up. Bro, I took a break from Queen Herbie uh, earlier in the year. Now I'm back, bitch. All I sing is alone again. <laughs> oh, fucking love her. That's how I am. I'm like, I always dip in and out with her. And I don't know if it's I forget about her or what. But yeah, I, I just always take a break from her. Also, I don't listen to a lot of Spanish songs, but I'm surprised. <laughs> okay. I am surprised as well. There's a song. It, it is on my playlist. There's a few Spanish ones on my playlist of the top 2022. But <laughs> Rata de dos patas, which means rat with two legs. Okay. It's just a great song. And 
she just goes off on whoever she's thinking about, you know, saying you're a rat with two legs, you're a dis disgusting creature, you're, you know, just tearing him to shreds. And I love that song. Back when me and my sister were cool, that's where we used to call each other was Bata de dos Batas. And I just feel like no one insults people like a middle-aged Hispanic lady. Like, they just have the best insults that I know of. Yeah, because I ain't never heard that shit. <laughs> I, I don't think you... I don't think you would like that song, but it's it's an old song. Mm -hmm. My grandma used to listen to it too. And yeah, in my house, but you bitch ass nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I just think rat with two legs is so much more creative. Yeah, because first of all, rats is nasty and ugly already, and then you got exactly. that bitch on two legs. Kill me now. No, get out. That's funny. Yeah, I don't Spanish speaking songs. I know a few, but none of them are coming to me. I, I know the, apparently I've been, the I, I love the Mark Anthony English version of uh, I Need to Know. That's my shit. <laughs> I need to um, know. I have one, two, only three Spanish songs on my 2022 playlist. You need to get your weight up. Or are they going to, you know, take your card away? I know. Me. They're gonna take it away, but I mean, I have young boy, so I'm I'm safe for the blacks. I don't know about you though. <laughs> you know, you're, you're in danger, sir. They're gonna take it away. I hey, know. Jinx. Hey, I'm glad we're ending because now Jinx is up and awake. She said, "Bitch, I'm here." When I was younger, <laughs> this just got into an identity crisis. <laughs> when I was younger, I always said one of my memoirs is gonna be Edie Nopales. Like with a question mark, because my cousin always used to tell me like, "Oh, you're not uh, Mexican if you don't eat nopales." Because when I was younger, I didn't eat them. Now I do, which is like cactus. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> and I can't speak Spanish worth of shit. Like you know, I spoke it more when I was in when I was younger. They made fun of my accent because I have a very American accent, and then yes. I stopped speaking it. And like once you don't speak it for too long, you lose it. Oops, sorry. I'm, I got cat problems. <laughs> <laughs> she came up on this table. I'm like, psych. But that well, was at least awesome. you eat it now, though. So I eat it, it now. I eat spicy food now. My Spanish is more horrible now, but I do listen to Spanish music. I, I just, I, I'm gonna set my game up 2023. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Anything else to add, sir? No, that's the end of our very long tangent-filled episode. For show, for show. Um, it is good to be back. But we aren't going to be back for that long. <laughs> no, we're going on our winter break um, soon. Um, if you want to reach out to us, our Twitter is Save Your Sorry. The your is spelled you are. Our Instagram is Save Your Sorry, spelled just like the podcast. Our email is Save Your Sorry at gmail.com. And you can send any of those your thoughts, your ideas, mm -hmm. suggestions, your media. We want to read your media. Give Tell us me what you've been watching, what you've been listening to, what you've been reading. Have you been reading us, if you know what I mean? Oh. Okay. Or go the Katrina route. Have it childhood related. Talk about your trauma and connect it to something, because you know me. I'll do it. <laughs> and please leave us a rating. Please leave us a review. They have stopped coming in. We need them again. We need them. It fuels me. I'm like Tinkerbell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's dying. 
if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening all the way. We really uh, appreciate it. And give us your thoughts, opinions on Chris Brown. Has is there something we should be moving on from? Is there should we be saying he's one of the greats? I don't know what they want. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Bye. See ya.